Do we have to take up our cross and follow Christ? Hi, I'm Mike Mason. This is St. Joe's Society Podcast. The St. Joe's Society is a Catholic lay apostolate devoted to help men order all things to Christ as they become strong in mind, body, and spirit. If you'd like to know more about us, you can see us online at stjosephsociety.org. This is episode 20 of the St. Joseph Bootcamp. And the question before us today is, do we have to take up our cross to follow Christ? Now, this month, we're, we are looking at a man's role as the spiritual leader of his family. We've looked at Christ as king of his family, Christ as prophet, and now we're going to look at Christ as priest. Okay, And what we've discussed so far is that men have real authority in their families to lead their families, and this authority has been given to them by God. We looked at the fact that men not only lead their families down the way of salvation, but also have to instruct them in the truth. And we do this through instructing through word and through deed by creating Catholic culture and being men of integrity. What we're going to look at today is the fact that if you divorce the crozier okay, and the scepter of authority from the cross, they both go away. Without taking our cross to follow Christ, we can never be the men he wanted us to be. Well, we're, the way we're going to look at it today is we're going to look at Christ as priest. Look what the church teaches about that. And then we're going to look at how we participate in that priesthood by taking up our cross and following Christ. And then we're going to end our reflection today with a, a five-point, say, examination of conscience about how we're doing leading our families well. All right, so let's jump in. <clears throat> Christ as priest. Lugodot says that the God-man Jesus Christ is the high priest. It's a dogma of the faith. In John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. In this passage, we see Christ says he is the life. When he says, I am the life, that's his priesthood on full uh, display. Now, the most essential function of a priest is to offer sacrifice. Now, we can, uh, we can understand how a priest offers sacrifice in a wide sense and in a narrow sense. Okay, in a wide sense, Every act of self-surrender to God, every like outer manifestation of this by like prayer and almsgiving and mortification, stuff like that, every time you offer yourself to God, that is you acting as priest. Okay, that's the wide sense. Anybody can do this. In the narrow sense, liturgically, that means someone ordained by as a servant of God offers sacrifice on behalf of the community. Now, clearly, um, Christ is um priest in both of these fashions. Clearly, your parish priest is priest in both these fashions. We, are, of course, don't offer sacrifice in a narrow sense, but in a wide sense, we do. Jesus calls us to take up our cross and follow him, because as we take up our cross, we're offering ourselves a sacrificial offering to him. As we carry those cross, he accepts that offering and infuses his life into us. Men, in order to be the kings of our families, in order to be the prophets and teachers of our families, we must take up our cross. G.C. Dilsaver has this great quote. It's a little bit length, lengthy, but it's worth reading, where he talks about how these three, we must meld these three together. Dilsaver says this, For the Christian patriarch, this cross, which is the very trademark of the Catholic faith, entails within it both the scepter and the crozier. It is the cross that when melded with the scepter of kingly authority makes that authority Christ-like. It is the cross 
that when melded with the crozier of teaching and spiritual guidance makes that teaching authentic and that guidance prophetic. And it is the embracing of this triune staff, this melded scepter, crozier, and cross that causes the Christian patriarch first and most vigorously to hold the scepter of Christ's kingly authority over his own unruly passions and pride. And first and foremost, obediently to submit his intellect and will to the crozier of Christ's teachings and personal beckoning. And first and most penitentially to pick up the cross of Christ and unite himself to it in his own salvific crucifixion. Beautiful. Embracing these three marks of manhood, brandishing this triune staff of scepter, crozier, and cross, arms the Christian patriarch with the tools of his vocation, enabling him to serve his family as holy priest, courageous prophet, and loving king. Men, that is what we are called to. We are called to an extremely high calling. We've been called by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We've been equipped through the sacraments of baptism, confirmation, and for those of us who are married, matrimony, to live this great and high calling of being the priest, prophet, and kings of our home. Our life is a battlefield to serve our Lord Jesus Christ well in this way and to serve Our Lady as well. What wars against this? Gentlemen, suburban, secular Christianity is antithetical to this. Dill Saver says this um, in his book. <clears throat> An authentic Christian perspective does not admit of spiritual complacency. But spiritual complacency is the distinguishing characteristic of the late 20th century Western male. The Western suburban male is addicted to entertainment, which acts as a catharsis for his inner need to live a life of drama, of battle, and dedication to a cause. Guys, too many men in this suburban type secular Christianity. And guys, suburbia can be found in urban areas and rural. It's a mindset. It's this mindset that we go to work, do our duty sluggishly. We come home to drink our beer and watch our TV and entertain ourselves with video games. Men who do this, they do it because they've lost a vision of what life's about. They don't have a purpose, a meaning, a direction. They don't have marching orders. So they use these things as a catharsis to, to put themselves asleep because life is so mundane. That is not the kind of lives we've been called to. And that's not the kind of lives we should live. Lukewarmness is one of the great sins of our age, if not the greatest. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 15 through 16, Jesus says this, I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were cold or hot? So because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. Guys, Jesus doesn't want us to be lukewarm. This, this lame suburban Christianity is lukewarm. Guys who just kind of show up and they do their duty and don't do it with passion and they refuse to um, lead their families well and refuse to teach their children. They refuse to create Catholic culture. Guys who do this don't have a mission. They become sleepy and lukewarm and Christ, that's, he's not looking for those kind of followers. He's looking for men that will commit themselves to this great drama of salvation. Guys, the drama salvation has been playing for thousands of years. The baton is in our hands. We have an opportunity to represent our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in this world. 
and to do it with the best of our ability. God is looking for men who will take this call seriously. Why is Jesus like cold water and hot water? Because it's useful. God's looking for men who are useful, who open themselves up to say, use me, Lord. I will represent you in the world. We need to become those men. And how do we do it? By taking up our cross and following him. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 through 26. Jesus says this, If any man would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his life? Or what shall a man give in return for his life? Notice here, guys, God, Christ asks us to take up our cross and follow him. Why? So we'll find true life. This is the great paradox of Christianity. If you take up your cross and die to yourselves, you become who you wanted to be. If you set out to become who you want to be, you end up with death. Too many men say, I'm going to decide what I'm going to do with my wife, my life. I'm going to follow my passions, do my own thing. All they end up with is misery, boredom, and death. Men who deny themselves, they walk the path of salvation with our Lord, become the men they always wanted to be, and the men God wants them to be. We must follow the narrow path of salvation. Listen to Jesus in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 through 14. Enter through the narrow gate. Forget the gate is wide and the road is easy that leads to destruction, and there are many who take it. For the gate is narrow and the road is hard that leads to life, and there are few who find it. Guys, we must, must, must enter the narrow path. We must take up our cross and follow Christ. Now, this might sound exciting. I hope so. Um, it might sound inspiring, but also can can be a little um, intimidating if we're all honest. Okay, what does it mean to take up our cross? First, what I would encourage you guys to do, and this is straight out of all the spiritual great spiritual writers, take up your cross of your state in life. Embrace the day-to-day -day crosses. <clears throat> Excuse me. Embrace the day-to-day -day crosses of being a Catholic husband and father, being a Catholic layman. Embrace them. Don't complain about them. Don't try to get around them. Embrace them joyfully. They're going to turn you into who you want to be. A lot of asceticism for a layman is doing his duty and do it joyfully with a smile on your face. As you master that sort of asceticism, you're following Christ in those daily things. Start taking up moderate ascetical practices. Stop eating meat on Fridays all year round. Fast a little bit. Use some discernment. If you can't fast a whole bunch, fast a little. It's a little bit more than you were doing last week. Find some times to fast. Find some times to make some sacrifices. Get your butt out of bed in the morning. Read that scripture. Do that morning offering. Deny yourself the radio on the, maybe on the way to work so that you can just talk to God about how things are going. Start doing moderate things. Okay, take up that cross in moderate ways. God will use that door open to start changing the man he wants you to be and the man that you want to be. Embrace the cross of day-to-day -day existence. Take on some penance, penance and mortification, moderate amounts, and give God room to work. Guys, we must commit ourselves to doing this in order to be the, the Christian leaders that God's calling us to be. The ultimate paradigm in the Christian ruler, okay, is this. He who combines both king and suffering servant. How do we follow Christ? We rule with the kingly authority we've been given. We teach and live with that prophetic voice that God's given us, 
and we do it by being suffering servants of Christ. This is the type of patriarchy that God wants. Not the stupid patriarchy you see on TV or feminists complain about. No, this is true Christian patri patriarchy, and this is our only way out. We need to have an army, not a small one, a big one, of men committed to this noble task. <clears throat> so before we sign off, let's do an examination of conscience. And this is as much for me as it is for you. Okay, How am I doing in these areas? So here's our examination of conscience of Christian patriarchy. And if we're falling short of these things, let's confess them and let's just commit to getting better. Okay. Don't let these things beat you twice. That's why I always tell guys when I coach football, don't let a guy beat you twice. If you're not doing as great as you can in some of these areas, confess and let's keep moving. So here's your examination of conscience. Number one, are you courageous? A Christ-like man is willing to give his life for others. Are we exercising courage in those day-to-day -day ways of dying to ourselves? Second, guys, are we task-oriented? A Christian man, a Christian patriarch, lets his actions speak for themselves. Let's not be men of words. Let's be men of action. Third, are we men of honor? A Christ-like man is loyal to other people, and he's loyal to his principles. Are we living our principles well day in and day out, even when it's underappreciated? Number four. Are you rooted in discipline and strength? Put them look, at, look at you as a person who is disciplined and strong. A Christ-like man takes up his cross and carries it. It's a heavy cross. got to be strong. And he follows Christ daily in humility. Humility is a strength. You know that God will fill you with the strength you need. Does that mark you as the type of man you are? And then finally, men, are you part of a band of brothers? We are not called to listen, live the Christian life on our own. You need good, reliable men around you that can help motivate you and encourage you to lead the life you're supposed to lead. This group you're in right now is a great start. Gentlemen, we've looked at what it means to be a Christian patriarch this month. I can't say this enough, but this is the one I'll, message I'll leave with you. If we don't do this, there's no hope for our families, our communities, or our parishes. It will end. The church universal will never end, but God did not promise that our parishes wouldn't end. If we are going to put up a fight for everyone we love, we must become the Christian patriarchs God's calling us to be. Men, get excited about this calling. Pick up those crosses, and let's get to work. God bless.